This episode is brought to you by DIY Gift Kits. Go to DIYGiftKits.com, link in the description, and get yourself a hot sauce making kit right now. Rangers, this is Zordon. You're listening to the greatest show in the universe with Anthony Rogers. Teleport to the command center immediately. Dude, that is legendary, man. That is legendary. Dude. You are now watching the best show in the universe. It is called The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it is not your show. It is The Anthony Rogers Show. Tell everyone you know to watch this show. Enjoy. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Uh, today we have a huge guest, uh, 90s icon, I'd say, uh, David J. Fielding. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Really good, man. It's it's weird. As uh, this may be, you probably heard this a million times, but uh, I used to love that show as a kid, and it's weird talking to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm I'm not as big and blue as I used to, be, so uh, I, I do get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. It's like uh, for the listeners or viewers, uh, uh David uh, uh, was the was Zordon in Power Rangers, like probably the one of the biggest roles to, that I've seen at least, which is uh, crazy. Honestly, it's kind of crazy. So, um, you did that, you were, uh, is this uh, true that you recorded all that in one day? Yeah, uh, uh, my, uh, getting the role was, was kind of odd because it, it wasn't like any of the other actors on the show. Um, all the other actors had to go through, uh, almost a month of auditions. They went through several weeks of doing a, uh, physical and, uh, uh, performative type uh, audition in order to get the role and to be matched up with other team members. When uh, my character was uh, sort of brought into the process very late into the filming of the pilot that they were doing. So uh, when I got the call to come in for the audition, um, uh, I assumed that I would just go down to this place and there would be like a thousand other actors. I would go in, I would read the lines and go home and never hear anything. But when I got down there that night, they, uh, it was just myself and another gentleman. And they said, we're going to cast it tonight. We need to know if you're available next week. And that's when we're going to film. And of course, I was like, yeah, of course I'm, I'm available. And um, within the course of about an hour after, after the other gentleman had gone in and I had gone in, uh, they had, uh, luckily, I was the one that was chosen to play the part. And the rest is history. So, yeah. That's crazy. Um, how old were you when that when you had that role or, or whatever? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Oh, that's young, man. That's crazy. So, how I was late going out to Hollywood? Uh, you know, if most people when they when they go out to California, they're in their early twenties, twenty one, twenty two. I I went out there, uh, what is considered late. I was, <laughs> was twenty nine, thirty when I was out there. So, where are you from originally? Uh, well, my father was in the Air Force, so uh, I was born in Florida, but we moved all around the country. Uh, I lived overseas for a while, uh, lived in Colorado, Washington State, and uh, when my father retired, we settled in Texas, and that's that's where I reside currently. Okay, that's interesting, man. Like, uh, it's it's weird talking to me. It's like you have the same fa- like, like you're the face of Zordon, so it's like hilarious to me. Like, it, 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 like do you get that all the time? Do you get people like my age to be like, man, when I was in fucking kindergarten, like or whatever? Do you get do you get that a lot? Uh, well, yeah, if I go to a convention, people uh, recognize me and I get, I get told that they were scared of me or uh, that they looked up to me and um, they wanted to know how I got fit inside the tube every week. And um, uh, it, it's just very interesting to be known for something that 
on, on one hand, I felt like I, I had like such a small contribution to, but uh, for a lot of people, it was just larger than life. And uh, that's, it's, it's very surreal and humbling to be a part of that. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you have any like crazy stories from like fans messing with you or talking to you or anything like that? Uh, not really. I mean, um, most of the uh, people that come to conventions, they're, they're all uh, very well behaved. They're, um, so. it's, it's a very passionate fan base. They have very strong feelings about the franchise. And um, because the show itself was um, very positive, they, they, they've sort of like adapted that as part of their personality as well. So most of my, interv- my I don't think I've ever had like a bad interaction or a, a crazy interaction um, with a fan. I mean, they're just very passionate. They they ask me details that I don't remember, and and so I have to sort of like, <laughs> you know, look it up later on. But uh, other than that, they're just great. So yeah, you probably learned a lot from the fans about Power Rangers, I bet. Yeah, because uh, I left the show shortly after it started to air. They continued to use my face throughout the life of the character. I read but- that. That's crazy. Yeah, I only I only provided the voice for the first 31 episodes, and then I left LA and sort of forgot about the show. And it wasn't until uh, Facebook came along and I started to get messages about 2010, 2011, asking me if I was the guy who played Zordon, and <laughs> that was the first time I got asked to a, to a convention. And I, you know, I had to go like, "Wow, is that show still around?" And then I was just my mind was blown about how long it had still been going and how many different iterations of it there are. And, uh, it was, it's just wild. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, no. So, they, so they paid you, they, they paid you like one day and then they took film from a Japanese film for the fighting. <laughs> so, and then they just shot the teenager scenes. I got, was that the only thing they shot continuously, I guess? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is they only filmed my character once and they recycled that footage much like they used the Japanese footage, never had to pay me for it. I, I made less than a thousand dollars on the show and you know, they made uh, a bajillion dollars or whatever. And, uh, but you know, each episode was like 11 minutes of the Japanese footage and 11 minutes right. of, of the American footage plus time for commercials. Cause they had to sell toys and stuff. So. True. Yeah. Did you, uh, were there Zordon action figures? I don't remember that. Were, were you an action? No. And, and I think I that's think so. why, uh, the character was not, uh, the, the the character of Zorno was basically uh, uh, an, an exposition dump. He would tell people what was going on, what the monster was and how it was created and so forth. And, you know, sort of tell them that, you know, they could do it. They could do it on their own. He, he, there wasn't a whole lot for Zordon to do considering he was just a head. True. And, uh, he was, a, he was an American invention for the show. There's no Sentai counterpart from him. There's no Japanese footage of, of that character. And hence there was no toy for that character. So uh, not, a, not a whole lot of attention was paid to the character at the time. Uh, in, in the later years, uh, over like the last uh, five or six years, there have been a number of toys that come out that, that um, is a Zordon Alpha combination or um, uh, Boom Comics has done a really great job about exploring the background of the character. And so there's a lot more interest in him now. So, yeah. That's crazy. So that's kind of funny. I, I talked to one of the guys that was in the Sandlot and he had the same kind of story you have about like, uh, like, like yeah, I shot this a while ago and then like it came back. Like, like they had the same kind of story like you did. Like that's kind of interesting to think about like a project you worked on when you're 29 and then like you like, and then like 10 years later, you're like, oh, wait, what? Like that's got to be crazy to think about. Like that's like, I mean, just for, from my perspective, that's crazy. That's got to be even crazier to experience. I mean. 
Yeah, I mean, because when we did it, um, it was just sort of like an acting job. And knowing the audience that it was being made for, uh, it was sort of like a Saturday cartoon kind of thing. And in my experience, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, they, they lasted a season, maybe two seasons, and they were replaced with the next newest thing. And so there was no sort of like um, indication, at least on my part, that it would have a longer shelf life than that. And uh, there was no social media then, there was no internet really, and uh, the pop culture explosion that hadn't happened yet. So um, it was just sort of like one of those things where like, well, this is be an interesting thing to do and then, then we'll move on to something else. You know, had we sort of been clued into how long it was gonna be, uh, you know, things might've been played out a little bit different or, um, it would be wild to think that if each of the individual rangers or myself had social media back in 1993 and been able to interface with with fans, you know, almost on a daily basis like we do now. So I mean, it's it's crazy to think how big it is uh, based on the fact that it was just you know delivered to your home and on a VHS or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. You never know what's going to blow up. I mean, you can work on any project ever. You never know what, I mean, that could have been a pilot episode for, uh, from your perspective, you know? I mean, and I feel like your fans would have annoyed you at 29, but it's probably cool now because we're all like, we're all like in our thirties probably now. Like, we're like, I mean, I think, I think you could probably appreciate the conversation more now than you would have then probably, but I mean, it still would have been cool probably. I, I, you okay. know I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I think back then if, if I hadn't met the fans back then, it would have been sort of like, uh, a Santa Claus type relationship where they right. go and talk to Jordan about what they want to be and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's gotta be crazy, man. Like, uh, that's pretty cool, dude. Like, uh, did you, was that like your thing? Like you wanted to be in film and stuff or TV or just kind of like happened somehow? Or like, what, what, what was yeah, it? Yeah. When I, when I was younger, I would, I would act out comic books for my parents and then I got bit by the acting bug in high school and, uh, went to college and got two degrees in acting. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I was heading to LA late. Um, I got my bachelor of fine arts and then I got my master of fine arts in acting. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I, I wanted to go out there and see if I could try my hand about what that whole um, thing was about, uh, you know, cause I, I loved movies. I wanted to be in movies and, um, it's always been a sort of a dream of mine to be able to sit in a darkened theater and see like the Universal Studios logo go up and then my name <laughs> and that sort of thing. But um, uh, being out there for uh, almost close to two years and seeing how things worked and uh, what things I would have to change about myself if I wanted to continue to be in that industry, I realized that, you know, I'm, uh, had, had I gone out there when I was younger, I might have made... Uh, some different choices, but because my personality and my, um, this episode is sponsored by thrive sauce. Go to thrive sauce and check out some vegan, gluten-free, nut-free, dairy-free, um, everyday sauce. There's some awesome flavors. They sent me a couple of them and I really enjoyed them. So check them out my mental capacity was pretty fixed at that point in time. I was very resistant to having to sort of either give up some part of myself or alter my, some part of myself in order to become part of that machine, because it is, it is very much a machine in, in that, um, 
you know, they either refer to it as a game you have to sort of like put on your game face when you go uh, do a, a production uh, uh, news tour or whatever to talk about some project that you did a year and a half ago, even though you're in middle, you know, involved in something else now. Um, so I, I found out fairly early on that there were parts of me that I didn't want to change. And that was the, one of the big reasons why I left LA when I did. When did you leave LA? Uh, well, I left LA because I, I, I felt, uh, uh, I felt very disconnected from the show for one reason, because, uh, since they only carried, they only filmed my character once, uh, I wasn't on set with everybody. Yeah. Uh, I would only get called into the uh, audio studio to record lines like every five or six weeks whenever they had completed a few episodes. And um, so by the time that the show was going on the air, um, I, had, I was working two jobs. I was always afraid that I was one week away from living under a bridge and uh, was just sort of emotionally and mentally burned out by that point and, and wanted to, to get away from that. And um, it wasn't anything to do with the people that were on the show or how the show was being made or, or any of that. It was just sort of this realization that, yeah, I don't, I don't think this, this kind of thing is for me anymore. And uh, so I moved back to the East Coast and um, uh, continued to do voice work, uh, do radio commercials, and then started doing voices for video games and got really involved in the video game industry. And that, that's where the next stage of my life took me for a while. So. That's cool. I don't know if that, I, I don't know which is cooler, but I like the video game voice thing. Now you, you did a, you did a couple of video games I played actually. That's I, I, I was reading when I was reading up on you. Uh, you no, know, that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I think you're living like the, you live in like my childhood dream. I feel like, <laughs> like I, I think just being on a big show like that and doing voiceovers. I mean, that's gotta be cool, man. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's very cool to, to be a part of something that uh, people all around the world know. And, um, you know, a friend told me, you know, about eight years ago that, you know, millions of people know who you are. And um, it's, it's really weird to think about that, uh, you know, somebody uh, in um, New Zealand or somebody over in Czechoslovakia, you know, will look at a TV and go, oh, I, I know who that is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderfully bizarre, so. Oh, it's gotta be. It's definitely an interesting like perspective. And you seem like a normal dude. Like you're just like, like you seem like a, yourself, you know, you're not like, you're not like putting on some, like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but you seem like yourself and that's cool, man. Like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to remain uh, down to earth and uh, approachable because uh, I mean, I, I really try to live up to what people's expectations of the character are. And I, and I think one of the reasons I got cast as the character is because uh they saw that even though I was 29, I sort of had this sort of uh, fatherly presence, this uh, ability to appear larger than life. Uh, and plus the, the deep tone of my voice that I was using to, to try to use the, uh, create the character, uh, to try to create this sort of uh, Zeus on the mountaintop type of um, vocal quality that uh, just uh, at both, uh, you know, I, and on one hand, sound very powerful, but on the other hand, sounded very comforting as well. And uh, I've been told so many times at conventions that uh, people looked up to Zordon as a father figure and that he helped them through tough times. And um, I, I get a lot of chances to encourage people. And uh, I, I take that very seriously that um, 
people just need a kind word every now and then people need a smile people need somebody in their corner telling them i believe in you and i know you can do it and uh so i try to live up to that as best as i can it's crazy and you said a lot of really interesting things there like, like uh that's good like like uh, I'm gonna tell you like a funny story. Like I I loved Power Rangers when I was a kid. Like yeah, I was in like I was in like first grade I think or something, and I wore like Power Rangers uh, pajamas on pajama day, and every kid just made fun of me so bad, uh, like <laughs> so bad. I I like legit loved that show, and like I, I think all the kids watched it. They they just didn't. It wasn't cool to pretend like they watched it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and like, that was a big theme on the show, right? Yeah, you know, we were very anti-bullying. We you know you know to get a group of friends together and stand up for each other. So that was always a big message. So uh, I'm I'm sorry you were bullied. <laughs> oh no, it's it's funny in hindsight. I didn't mean to, like to. I'm not playing victim. I like I, I kind of like put myself outside of it and like thought about how funny it was just to get made fun. I I think it's kind of funny to even think about. Like it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Like I love that show, man. I probably watched that show like uh like good couple years before. I mean, I got older and got started real started hanging out with people and stuff instead of watching TV and stuff. You know, but right. And, I, and like when you said people like looked up to like the character and stuff like uh, I can almost see that because like television almost replaced family in the 90s like like I, the structure sadly I don't like saying that but I think that you know yeah I mean well that was an extension of, of uh, how I grew up in, in, in childhood I mean you know you had both parents who were working I was a latchkey kid I would come home and fix myself a snack before somebody showed up to, to fix dinner and stuff like that and, and I think that still happened in, in the late 80s and the early 90s and um, so, yeah, turning on your favorite program and being able to see familiar faces, you know, telling you stories and stuff, uh, I think a lot of people identify with that. A lot of people went through that sort of experience. Did you ever play the video game? Uh, which one? Uh, oh, I guess there's a bunch of them. I, play, I, played the, I played the Super Nintendo one. Did you, you ever play any of the, any of the video games at all? Uh, well, I got a chance to play the Super Nintendo one at a convention. Somebody had... Uh, <laughs> and, uh I got to play it with Kerrigan Mahan, who, who is the voice of Goldar. So Zordon and Goldar were sort of <laughs> each other. And, That's uh, hilarious. That's so funny. And then uh, Battle for the Grid, which is on the PlayStation and Xbox now, uh, they brought us back to do voices. So I got to voice the character of Zordon for that one. And uh, and uh, Hasbro has the property now, so who knows what they're going to come up with. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's great to see that it's, you know, it's cross-media platforms this this whole thing so yeah yeah the entertainment industry's definitely changed since like the 90s and stuff so it's definitely it's interesting like like reruns and stuff too i mean you guys are still on rerun the original episodes are still on reruns aren't they and stuff like yeah i mean it was on netflix for a long time and i think they took it off but um uh it's it's always out there somewhere there's always clips on youtube um and uh tiktok is the rage and there's there's uh, so many uh uh Power Ranger TikTok things floating around, and um, uh, whenever uh, my booking agent is is always sort of like you know uh, telling us, you know, he goes, you know, there's the big three at conventions: there's Star Trek, there's Star Wars, and there's Power Rangers. And to sort of like be lumped in with that group is is mind boggling. Uh, but I've been in enough conventions at different places in the country or overseas. And and it is true. I'll see people who are cosplaying as Star Wars. I'll see them cosplaying as Star Trek. And invariably, there's always a, a Red Ranger, Green Ranger, or Black Ranger. They're everywhere. So I mean, it's it's very crazy. <laughs> no, I bet I haven't. I haven't paid attention to to that stuff in like decades, probably. There, but I loved it as a kid. Like, how? So, are you on like newer stuff too? Like, do they have you back on like other? Th that's what I'm just. I don't know. To be honest, I'm not just. I'm ignorant yeah. of it. 
they have brought other characters from the original series back. Um, uh, I don't, I haven't heard yet whether they have plans to sort of like explore if they're going to bring back other characters. Um, uh, but I mean, that would be something that would be very cool. I mean, because Hasbro has the property and uh, the technology and uh, everything has advanced so much. Uh, I think it would be very cool if they did like an animated series and they could bring us all back to do the voices and it would be almost like an extension of the original series, which, uh, you know, people really love and they want to see more of that. And uh, we're always being asked, when are you going to come back to the show? When are you going to do something on the show? And, and like I said earlier, uh, since Zordon doesn't have a Sentai counterpart and uh, the show that's being made now, uh, Dino Fury, I think is, is the uh, current iteration. They're still using footage from the Sentai show to, to sort of tell the stories, the, the guidelines of, of all the episodes of the new series. And since there is no Zordon equivalent in the Sentai, it's kind of hard for them to work him into the storyline. But um, I think this is the last year that they're going to rely on the Sentai as far as like their majority of the storytelling. So who knows what the future has to hold or, or what's going on. And since we're creeping up on the 30th anniversary of the show, everything's kind of up in the air. So, Wow, it's been 30 years already? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1993 is when it happened. So we're two, way, two years away from that. So. Wow, man. Okay, I'm old now. That's crazy. I'm like 34 now. Yeah, I was like a child when that came out, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess I was nine or something. That makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. But, or no, I guess I was, that's, wow. That's like a time cap. That's so crazy, man. Like, uh, like how that works. Like, uh, yeah, it just made you like a pop culture legend from like reading lines one day. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It's like the least amount of work for the most amount of fame. I like that. Well, I mean, Power Rangers really captured lightning in a bottle. They had all of the made, they had all of these ingredients together that just captured the, the kid's imagination. And I think the, the main thing that really, exploded the whole thing was that the toys were already on the shelves the day that the first episode aired so the kids could see them and then they were in the store and they actually had it in their hands so it was alive for them and uh you know with all the bright colors and um it could have been anybody in those suits because they had the helmets that didn't show into the faces so it's very easy for kids to identify, oh, well, I'm Zach, I'm the Black Ranger, or I'm Trini, I'm, I'm the Yellow Ranger, and, and uh, you know, playing it in the backyard or whatever. It, uh, it became the number one kids television show of all time very, very quickly. And I think it wow. still holds that record. Uh, but, uh, you know, that and the, the, the martial arts, the crazy monsters, and then the music, of course, Ron Wasserman's uh, electric rock and roll track, I mean, that go go power rangers just gets in your ear and just will not get out it's in there all the time so. that's true no it was catchy and I, no i think you nailed it i think it like like every kid had whoever they wanted to be kind of thing and that's like that's like yeah it's just crazy even thinking about that I'm like uh I, I think i was like mo- one like really excited that uh to, when i got when i got an email back saying you do the show because like cause I, cause I, I legit was a kid watching this show and it's weird talking to you because like your face is like the face of zordon so it's like funny i've seen you react to certain things when i'm talking to you like your eye movements and stuff like it's kind of funny because like it's just like i literally remember that face as a kid it's like drilled into my subconscious from like right, right, right. that's crazy to think about you probably hear that all the time you probably got so many people like like you've probably got so many people my age being like, man, I loved that show. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get a wide gamut of, of reactions. I get people who, who say they can't believe it. I get people who get all teary-eyed and choked up. And, and um, 
and and then I get you know people who who are kind of like they don't really believe it, and then I say something they're like, oh my god, it's you. So uh, it, it's just wild to to see the different types of reactions, and it's funny to see people who are in their late 30s or early 40s, and as soon as they see you and start talking to you, they turn into like that six year old kid who was watching the show, and it's it's really really cool. So. I almost feel like that on the inside. I think I think I'm better at composure, but I actually feel like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, was that your voice on Zord as Zordon then? Or that wasn't like a filter or anything? Uh, no, it was ma mainly my voice. I think they might have added a little bit of an echo and maybe uh, a like double layered it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a slight electronic buzz to sort of like give it that sort of uh, barrier feel. But for the most part, you know that that was my natural voice. And then Robert Manahan, who took over after I left the show, tried to match the tone um and since robert did uh, so many of the episodes i think when people think of zordon's voice uh they they might be thinking of robert's but when i do it uh at a convention or for them personally they are immediately like oh it's you it is it is you so um uh yeah i mean i i use the voice on the show that i basically used in the audition so i mean that's so hilarious. Would it, would it be annoying to have you say something like, like in that voice, or is that like... Anthony, teleport to the command center immediately. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That is wild, man. That's crazy. Like, that's wild, dude. Well, do you, um, I feel like I could talk for nine more hours, but do you want to, do you want to throw out any social media or anything before we get out of here? Like, do any kind of, do you want people to follow you on anything? Sure. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a writer in the market these days. I've got uh, my Lincoln Bright novel series. Uh, the first one, Glimpse, is already out. Uh, the second one, Gaunts, was announced today, and it's it's up there on my Twitter. My Twitter handle is David J, at, at David J. Fielding. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DJ Fielding underscore Zordon. Uh, and if you do a search for Zordon on Facebook, my Zordon page will pop up. And that's basically the extent of my social media. So. This episode is sponsored by Koya plant-based protein drinks. I uh, like the rum chata one in the picture, but they have a bunch of awesome flavors like coffee. And just look them up. Drinkkoya.com. Get some drinks right now.